My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. I think Hugh Grant was actually right when he said, it seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. But there was a time in my life where I wouldn't have believed in even for a second. I've always been a hopeless romantic, as cliche as that sounds. But through all the romantic comedies I took as truth, I found myself in my mid-twenties wondering why I hadn't found anyone yet. It's difficult. I know it. You know it. There's no script or blueprint to follow in order to find the person you hope to spend the rest of your life with. You can't plan for the moment in time when you see them across the bar and just know that you have to talk to them by any means necessary. I kicked myself for the missed opportunities. And the opportunities that I actually had, well, I think I fumbled them because I was trying too hard. Unless you're one of the lucky few who finds love and somehow manages to hold on to it, it's likely that there's been a point in your life where you find yourself being single to the point of desperation, to the point of giving up, to the point where you simply don't know what to do with yourself even if an opportunity presents itself. For me, it was always more discouraging than anything else in my life. School, work, friendships, Being endlessly single stopped me in my tracks and taught me things about myself that I never would have learned otherwise. But it goes without saying that I was consistently disheartened. While I could give you generic words of advice that there's someone out there for everyone, I thought it would resonate a little bit more if I relayed the stories of couples who went through it, found each other, and stuck with each other. Each of these stories was submitted to me anonymously and has been minimally edited. Hopefully after hearing them, you'll identify with Hugh Grant as much as I do every Christmas, when I finally get around to watching love, actually. Work. We were hired as co-workers at the same time, both fresh out of grad school in summer of 2016. He had a girlfriend he was still with from college. I was single. The nature of our jobs was long hours and late nights working together. He broke up with the girlfriend as he and I grew closer. Literally no one knew we were dating until we both quit work after two years to relocate across the state for his job. Engaged September 2018, wedding in May 2020. Workplace romance isn't always a disaster if both parties are intelligent about keeping it secret until something is serious. Work is a natural place to meet someone with similar interests and values, so it shouldn't be so taboo. My fiancé and I were juvenilely set up by a friend when we were in our early 20s. A group of us met at a bar, and when I got there, this friend told me that this girl wanted to make out with me. She then proceeded to tell my now fiancé the same thing. Well, we proceeded to drink a ton, end up kissing, and having a great time. Everyone decides to leave, but we're not ready to go. We stay at the bar until it closes. They turn on all the lights, and everyone is gone except for us and the staff. My now fiancé decides she needs to use the bathroom before we go. I'm left sitting at the bar watching the staff clean. I was pretty drunk and I didn't realize how long she was gone for. One of the guys cleaning the bathroom comes out and asks if I know the girl in there because apparently she had fallen asleep on the toilet. I told him that we had just met and I didn't really want to have to go in there and get her. I thought it might be a little weird. She left her bag on the bar so I grabbed it and I went and stood on the front steps of the bar trying to figure out what to do. As I'm standing there, she walks right past me as if I'm a ghost. I call out her name and she turns around. She walks back, grabs her purse and just carries on as if nothing happened. A few days later, we go on a real first date, and four years later, we're engaged.
We both had significant others at the time, but we met while in our first year of medical school and it was after one of our exams that I was out with a few friends at a local bar. He walked up to my friends and me and I thought he had a crush on my friend. He declared that he was going to drink, quote, 20 quarter beers, which are exactly what they sound like, before 10 p.m. My first thought was, who is this guy? And I kind of rolled my eyes. It wasn't until after another exam when we were out with friends that he finally spoke to me directly. And the first thing he ever said to me was, so why hasn't your boyfriend of five years proposed to you yet? Which I replied, because he knows I would say no. But if he knew anything about me at the time, he would have known that I am driven and determined to finish all of my schooling and have steady independent job before getting married. So I was initially offended and this was obviously the wrong thing to say to me. But after this initial and now comically rocky start to our relationship, we became close friends, broke up with each of our long-term significant others at the time and grew closer until it became love. And we've been together ever since. Over three years ago, I met up with some friends for drinks and karaoke night at a shitty bar. My friend happened to bring his law school classmate with him and we caught each other's attention. After a few rounds, I was dying for someone to sing Rich Girl by Hollow Notes with me and this man I had just met volunteered. After drunkenly serenading the crowd, we got each other's numbers and the rest was history. Now he's graduated from law school and we're living together in our first house. Not every drunken karaoke night ends in regret after all. I was a college mascot and she was in the band. One day, I caught her eye when I was out of my suit. She told her friend and that same friend got my name. She then followed me on Instagram and for about six months we played that game where you like several pictures back to back, mainly because I'm a chicken and I wouldn't DM her. Then, finally, we happened to match on Bumble and it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I met a girl when we worked at the same coffee shop in college. She was really hot, funny, and smart, but had been with her boyfriend for three years at the time, so I had to play it cool. I resorted to a lot of Jim and Pam seasons one through three type of workplace jokes and flirting. I'd recently gotten out of a toxic relationship, and with her romantic life seemingly locked up, I didn't have much hope for it going any further. A couple months later, on a Saturday night, I saw her out at a bar near campus, and again, thinking she was locked up and not trying to be a dick, I kept a respectful distance and really only made small talk and dumb jokes when I initially went up to say hi. A few drinks later, a mutual friend of ours mentioned that she had recently broke up with him. Without hesitation, I told my friend to hold my beer and I went up to dance with her. As we kept dancing for most of the night, I must have gotten pretty sweaty and thirsty and trying to calm my nerves, I drank way more than I usually do. Hello blackout. I woke up the next morning naked in her bed to the sound of banging on her apartment door. It was her ex, who easily had six inches and a hundred pounds on me. He was trying to return his key to her apartment. Panicked, she told me to stay in her room as she tried to quickly get the key and send him on his way. However, he apparently made himself comfortable in the living room and began small talk, and at this point, in my still drunk stupor, I texted her that I was making a run for it. I quickly dressed and jumped out of her second-story bedroom window. Somehow, I avoided any major injury doing this and walked where I parked my car, only to find it had been towed. I called my brother for a ride, this was before Uber had come to our college town, and I paid $200 to get my car back, and I had the worst Sunday scaries of my entire life. Eight years, four apartments, and two cities later, we're married and in the process of building our first house. Before we continue with more stories, this week's episode is brought to you by Away. They are a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers. Their focus and inspiration is movement. 
times of transition, exploration, and surprise. They create special objects that are at home on the road that carry you forward, making your trip easier, and in a small way, your life better. They were founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. Luggage with power. Thus, the Away Carry-On was born. The approach is simple. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. They ask thousands of people how they pack, why they travel, and what bugs them most about their luggage. Then, they designed a bag that solved a few problems, like sticky wheels, and a few new problems, like dead cell phones. They've got nine colors and four sizes. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. I recently got the bigger carry-on ahead of a five-day trip to Mexico, and because these are carry-on compliant for all major U.S. airlines, I didn't have to waste time at customs waiting for my checked bag to arrive. Not only are they lightweight and impeccably designed, but they have 360-degree spinner wheels and are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, or anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your phone five times. Right now, my listeners can get $20 off a suitcase of their own, by going to awaytravel.com slash scaries and using promo code scaries at checkout. Again, that's $20 off a suitcase of your choice by using promo code scaries at checkout when visiting awaytravel.com slash scaries. And now, back to the stories. I was out with my friends in our mid-sized town in southeast Missouri. It was a Saturday night and we were out hitting all the places you want to be on a humid May night after seasonal thunderstorms rolled out. We went to The Bar, which was the place Ben Affleck's character owned in the movie Gone Girl. The bar has its logo painted on the side of its brick wall and I went to take a picture from it. Upon pulling my phone out and taking the shot, I heard a voice from the stairs leading up to the door of the bar. Look at this guy taking a selfie, she said in a joking tone. It was her and we got married two months later. My girlfriend and I met on Hinge in January. I'd been on a dating app carousel for a little while now, and I was getting exhausted of all the pointless resume exchange type dates where I met Alden. I almost didn't show up to the coffee shop we planned on meeting at, but I'm glad I did. She was a breath of fresh air compared to anyone I had met, and I couldn't be happier that I showed up at that coffee shop back in January. He was born in India and his family now lives in Malaysia. He moved to Dallas five years ago, and he regularly traveled to a small city in Bergen County, New Jersey for work. I was born in Pennsylvania and moved to that small city in Bergen County for work as well. We met on a project I was never supposed to be on. Somebody was sick that day and lost their chance. And now, we're getting married next year. I met my wife when I was 18 years old while working at a grocery store as a cashier. She purchased a tub of ice cream with her sister without speaking to me. Her sister came back into the store a few minutes later and asked for my number to give her sister. I was a little hesitant because I hadn't interacted with her during the transaction. I gave it to her anyway and we began to interact through text for a few days. We began dating right before I started college. She's a few years older than me, so there were timing issues that we had to work through. We did long distance as I finished school and got my first job. We've been married for a little over a year and a half and had our first child last month. I didn't plan on spending my college years in a long distance relationship but it worked out for the best. We met on Tinder. My bio had a line that read, pizza connoisseur. He messaged first asking my opinion on bacon mac and cheese pizza. I responded that I was a vegetarian. Our first date was at a hipster pizza parlor three years ago. 
We were both law students, but he started before I did. His friends invited my friends to a pool party right when I started and maybe spoke two words to each other. We live in Waco and the bar scene is limited to maybe three places and we would see each other all the time across the room, but neither of us built up the nerve to talk to each other. After another single Valentine's Day, six months after I met him, I took the dating app Plunge and downloaded Hinge. Everybody told me that it wasn't a hookup app, so I decided to give it a try. A couple weeks later, lo and behold, his profile pops up. I spent a week just closing the app, not swiping it either way. I was just too nervous. The way Hinge works is that if you hit a yes on a person, that means you send them a like and they know that even if they haven't hit like on you yet. Our law school isn't very big and it would have been awkward forever if I sent him a like and he didn't reciprocate. Apparently he was about to delete the app, saw my profile, asked his friends if he should take the risk. Thank God he did. And to be honest, thank God for dating apps making that connection for us across the classroom. We met our sophomore year of high school through some friends of friends. Our shared fascination for low effort bit humor quickly turned into those insufferable pseudo friends that clearly stayed up until 2 a.m. trading fun and easy banter on AIM that we never dated. Throughout college, we'd pick and choose times between relationships to pop up on each other's Facebook chat to catch up and even fake love for a conversation. Always reestablishing the instant familiarity we had with each other. We eventually lost complete touch. She moved to New York City and myself to Houston. Seven years had passed until February when she randomly texted me, recalling a fond memory of us going to a local Baja Fresh on our lunch breaks in high school. Turns out we had both recently moved back home, back to Denver. We've been dating ever since. I met my wife in college. I worked for a student government. She worked for the school newspaper. I like to joke and tell people that she wrote the horrible things about me in the paper. Three years later, she talked me out of pursuing a girl who was no good for me. A few months after that, I convinced her to break up with her boyfriend who was not good for her. After she broke up with her boyfriend, I told her to take a boy break and date herself for a few months. Two months later, we started dating. June 24th is our second wedding anniversary. In those two years, we've beaten cancer. He got the diagnosis and got married three weeks later, started chemo the following week, and have gone through a ton of adventures together. Marry your best friend. He'd recommend it. My roommate had an on and off thing with a girl he'd met at a music festival. One night, we went out drinking with her and her friends. One thing led to another and I ended up hooking up with a friend. She seemed nice, but I wasn't really interested in pursuing it further. So, in true cowardly 20-something fashion, when she started texting me, I ghosted her. Life goes on and I kind of forgot about the whole thing. A couple months later, I went with that same roommate and a couple other friends to a sports bar near our apartment for a college football game. We walked in, looked to the left, and immediately saw his hookup, the girl I ghosted, and a third girl I'd never met before. My roommate's hookup waved us over and we had no choice. I was about to be ready to crawl out of my skin, but we said our awkward hellos and then sat down to watch and drink. As the game wore on and the beer started flowing, I couldn't help but notice how cute this third girl was. We didn't interact much during the game, but soon enough we all moved on to another bar and I started following her around like a little lost puppy. I knew I probably didn't have much of a shot. She must have known at this point that I was the guy who ghosted her friend, but by some miracle, she still gave me her number. A week later, we went on our first date. Things went well and we ended up back at her apartment. It didn't take long for me to get a strange sense of deja vu as I looked around the living room. This apartment looked familiar. I'd been here before. After a few moments, it dawned on me. I had a one night stand here not too long ago. 
The girl I'd hooked up with and ghosted wasn't just this girl's friend, she was her roommate. The look on my face must have given it away. Looks familiar, huh? She teased. I was about to try and explain myself, but she laughed it off. Turns out she had been out of the country at her sister's wedding when the hookup happened, which is why I hadn't met her before. She knew the story, and yes, at first she thought I was a douchebag, but somehow I won her over. We've been together for two and a half years now. I've long since made nice with the roommate, and our friend groups have merged into one. Now, it's just a story that we'll never tell our kids. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, at SundayScaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at WillDefreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.